Welcome to the Genesis Church Podcast. We'll have more information at the end of the podcast, but for now, please enjoy this week's teaching. Today is one of my favorite days in the life of Genesis, and um, <clears throat> it's also the anniversary of the first time I came to Genesis, which makes it a little sweeter. I um, was working, talking with Steve about the job, and uh, I came to um, a New Beginning Sunday, and I think Cassandra spoke at that one, actually, and I tell this story every year, so, you know, you've heard it likely, or if not, you'll hear it next year, maybe. Um, but I just remember sitting there, and I think I wept through most of the service, and then I loved that Cassandra talked about therapy, and Mitch was up here and in the, in the sanctuary, and he swore, and I was like, yes, this place, they get me, these are my people. <sighs> It's a favorite of mine at Genesis, and many of the rest of you have said that you enjoy it as well, um, because we're celebrating new beginnings today. New beginnings um, on this day that mark Epiphany, commemorating um, the Magi's arrival to visit Jesus, bearing gifts, and following a star. And we celebrate new beginnings birthed out of centuries of waiting for Jesus, and as we encounter his baptism and his anointing as the promised one. This is a a real robust Sunday. I feel like it's got like 20 different like avenues you could go off of. Um, So in some respects, I love that we focus on what are our new beginnings here in our community. Today, you're going to hear a little bit about what I'm sensing as our new beginning for Genesis as we move into this next year. And then Mark and Amelia will both share their own new beginnings. We're also going to have a a little all play about what newness has been rising up for you. So you got little half sheets with the questions printed out. I'm a person that likes to see things written out instead of just hearing it. So um, we'll do a little all play for that. And then I'm going to invite you to participate in receiving a star word for 2024, which is why that my little art project is over there. So what new beginning am I sensing for Genesis? Last year when I pondered this question, I will be honest, I was holding hope with very tentative hands. I was like, let's maybe still be here in six months, let's like not get run out of town, I don't know. (laughs) But this year it feels, it feels very different, in part because I have been given the gift this year of witnessing all of you living so bravely and vulnerably in these large and small ways as you've cared for your families and as you've cared for fellow Genesisers, as you've endeavored to apprentice after Jesus, as you've leaned into your own belovedness as God's own. I've seen and witnessed as you've dropped these little tiny pebbles of action into the waters of our extended communities. And from that, I've seen the ripples then that draw others into compassion and mercy and justice. And I've been in awe this year at the way God has shown up again and again in this faith community. You know, we've spent a lot of time over the past few years reacting to life. It was a necessity, right? To pivot, because every time we seem to have some stable ground, something else was thrown at us. Those unexpected challenges kind of had a real weight to them. But this year I sense this 
newness that we're being invited to create together. We can build on this foundation as ordinary apprentices of Jesus and explore that newness together. And you know, a big part of that is going to be discerning our new location, finding a new Genesis home. And along with that location comes the opportunity to create and curate a space that aligns with our values and exists out of the giftedness of this whole community. We're in the process of reimagining some staff responsibilities as we work to develop some new ways to help with the formation of families here. We're also going to be exploring new chapters in our own story of inclusion and welcome, creating more intentional space for our queer congregants to find growth and support and opportunities for those who want to learn how to be better advocates and allies for the people in their lives. You know, there's no easy-to-follow guidebook on how to exist as a progressive, non-affiliated, small congregation in 2024. And if there is, please send it my way. <clears throat> that can, I'm sure somebody's writing it, so whatever. Right? There's, always, there's always somebody writing something. That can feel a little scary, but it's also filled with possibility and hope. Because we get to reclaim parts of our faith traditions that still feel life-giving. We get to be part of shaping a community that exists differently in the world. Where we create space where we once were told walls existed. Asking questions that we were once told we couldn't ask. Welcoming people that we were taught to judge or keep out. And it is no small thing, friends. I feel so lucky to be part of people wrestling with their faith, who are trying to create something new out of what for some of us has felt like ashes and a whole lot of crap from previous faith traditions. We get to reclaim those things. Last year, my analogy was building Legos together. And this year, I keep imagining a collage. I know, yeah, Cassandra's like, yes, collage, you're speaking my, my language here. <laughs> So I imagine this collage and it's filled with bits of the essence about what makes this community what it is. And then there's tons of open space for whatever we want to add to our collective endeavor. And scattered all around the workspace are stickers and magazines and washi tape and pictures and really great yarn. And if I'm there, there's maybe a little glitter, okay? And with each addition to this epic group project, there is beauty and growth and newness. And sometimes some stuff added to the collage that maybe we wouldn't choose ourselves, right? It's like when Freya was young and she would always want to mix all the paint colors together into one glorious streaky brown color. And maybe it isn't always what we'd all choose ourselves, but it's still part of the whole and it all belongs. So this year, I hope we can continue to lean into curiosity and welcome, that we can co-create with God and one another, that we can live intentionally and with hopeful plans. I sense this is a faith community that will continue to apprentice after Jesus, to engage with the questions, and to move into ever-evolving circles of welcome. And now I'd like to invite Mark up to share his new beginning and then after that, sorry, Amelia, um, and then we'll do our little all play.
Thank, thank you. And Genesis, thank you for your welcome into this community. It's been a blessing to me to be a part of us. Uh, I believe God's invitation I've received for 2024, new beginning, is living into radical resilience. I had this defined for me this week by the Center for Action and Contemplation in a quote from Episcopal priest Alice Sinel. We usually think of resilience as the ability to recover from an adverse experience and pick up on our lives where we left off. It is that too, but there are times when adversity permanently changes our reality and we can't go back to the way things were. Resilience then becomes the work of becoming through the adversity so that at least on most days, we see our life as still worth living and this kind of resilience, we come through the adversity knowing that we're still ourselves, even though things are very different for us now. This is radical resilience. Here are a few gifts I've received this past year that accompany me in this new beginning. First is a trajectory perspective, the long view. Thanks to Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward, for 10 years, I've felt in transition, calling it life downsizing or spiritual deepening, making space for the new things, entertaining radical thoughts like, what after 40 years of worship, music, and fine arts ministry in the church, I were to stop doing music, which no longer brings the joy it once did? What if after a lifelong devotion to the church, I were to step in another direction. Coming to Minneapolis six years ago was part of this radical downsizing, this trajectory. Last January, without prior notice or personnel process, I was fired from my ministry position. The reason I was given was my supervisor had concerns about my ministry performance. And when I asked for specifics or documentation for this rationale, I was given none. My request for conversation with the church's personnel team was denied, and the congregation was informed that I was terminated, and because it was a personnel matter, there would be no further information or discussion forthcoming. I would only later learn from within the finance committee of the church, as they faced a fundraising stewardship shortfall for last year's budget, the pastor was quoted as saying, we don't raise the money we need for 2023 budget. There'll be staff firing that will cause heads to spin. It has been a gift to see this trauma as maybe actually in a bigger context, a trajectory, certainly something God allowed to happen and in which God was with me. Another gift is contemplative centering. I am in no way a master of the practice. <laughs> but the first week after I was fired to hold panic at bay when I cleaned out my office, I had to stop every 20 to 30 minutes or so to sit quietly, breathe and center, repeating, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That practice, in more concerted effort over the past year, was born fruit. 
and speaking to my righteous indignation about the dismissal, coming to peace about not contesting the treatment, and a contemplative practice of forgiveness in which I've learned forgiveness is rarely one and done. Another gift. There are only five of them. <laughs> Detaching identity and value from vocation and calling. Another emerging gift from this past year has been separating my identity and value from my vocation and calling. Maybe because I'm a white American male, or more likely because I was deeply steeped in Christian rhetoric and church, it's been so easy to say I'm a musician, an artist, and better yet, a called and commissioned staff member, a worship planner, and conference leader. This past year, I've navigated through months of un unemployment, and now, thanks be to God, at least I'm underemployed doing retail. I'm living on less than 40% of income I was earning just a year ago. Talk about a concrete opportunity to learn the meaning and awkwardness of downsizing. I am not, first and foremost, what I do. Divine resourcing. In November, I received a text from someone I had just met socially. My Buddhist friend said, I don't ordinarily open this kind of email I receive in my business inbox, but when I read it, I thought of you. Further, I think you should apply for this academic cohort, and without hesitation, because you have no savings and limited income, ouch, <laughs> you should ask for some sort of scholarship to participate. The cohort forming is a group exploring Ignatian contemplative practices to aid in discerning what next steps in retired life might be, <laughs> utilizing one's gifts, passion, and calling. Retirement for me is not an option, but hey, something's up if God used this guy to deliver the message. <laughs> Last month, I was graciously accepted into the program, which starts this coming Saturday. <laughs> It's been tempting to hope that at some point I would recover from this adverse experience and pick up my life where I left off. Kind of like the Job narrative of the Old Testament. But the invitation to radical resilience points to a new normal in God's continuing trajectory for my life, relying on divine resourcing. Last gift, I promise. Look for God's ongoing activity and participate in God's ongoing activity. In my cohort homework, I'm learning that Ignatian contemplative practice includes a focus on looking for God's ongoing activity every day and participating in that activity. Just before Christmas, my 95-year-old mother unexpectedly passed away as unexpectedly as it can be at 95. Subsequently, there have been an increased number of trips to Des Moines, where dad resides in a skilled nursing facility with moderate dementia. Last Sunday, I made another dash down to Des Moines to talk to dad about mom's memorial service and walk through the things I had been planned at the request of my family. My dad, a former pastor, social worker, and deep lover of music, even with his dementia, still might have some ideas and hopes for the service. 
with every likelihood that I'd be telling him again for the first time that mom had passed. As I got out of the car, I uttered a familiar prayer. Lord, I don't have the words. And I can't be sure if today dad will be remembering mom has passed. In fact, I am empty. Loving God, would you please fill this time with your presence and reach dad as you only can. I found dad last Sunday morning nearly awake, unusual. And our conversation was sweet and smooth, nothing about the business at hand. He suddenly said, Mark, I have this melody going through my head again and again this morning. Dad, what, what music is going through your head? His eyes brightened and he said, sine nomine. That's the name of the hymn tune for all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confess thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia. Oh, wow. God at work. And sine nomine is now going to be the closing hymn at tomorrow afternoon's service. <laughs> so back to the Genesis assignment. For me, while entering into this new beginning, this radical resilience, I'm going to keep the long, the long view trajectory. I'm going to practice centering. I'm going to further detach from calling and vocation. I'll be staying open to God's resourcing and, and look for God's ongoing activity. And I'm finding voice as the psalmist sang in Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. I would have despaired unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Thanks again. Hi, everyone. I'm Amelia. I am just going to jump right into it. Um, so to make a very, very long short story short, um, in the last year, I experienced a very messy and a very painful friendship breakup. Um, friendship breakups are not things that are talked about that often um, in the media and in society. So often you hear about romantic breakups and family estrangements, which are all very real things. But you don't hear that often about the pain of losing a longtime friend. Um, so at the beginning of last year, I found myself grappling with questions like, what do you do when you don't trust someone anymore? What do you do when you've um, been hurt and you know that they're not going to apologize? Um, what do you do when a person that you loved so very dearly no longer feels safe? Um, and what do you do when the people that you are becoming are no longer compatible with each other? Um, it was a really difficult time. Um, my mental health was really, really bad. 
Um, my rhythms and routines were out of whack, and I was hurting, but I also had to be really careful about how I talked about my pain and my experience, um, because there were people in my life that didn't have the same experiences I had with this form now former friend. Um, so I had to walk very carefully, which was really hard. Um, and last spring, I ended up making a hard break. Um, I prioritized my own safety and my own healing and set strong boundaries, and I ended that relationship. Um, and God met me during that season. Um, in that mysterious way that God speaks to us, the Spirit met me on the darkest mornings um, and the toughest days and promised to carry me over that threshold and into a new season. Um, I had no concept of what that would look like or what would come next. Um, I was living with the person at the time we were going through this, and it went on for months and months and months, and my brain didn't really compute what came after my moving my move out date. It was like, okay, I just got to get to April 15th, and then we'll just see what happens next. Um, so... Yeah, So, but even so, like in the midst of all of that pain and confusion and just not knowing what was coming next, um, the Spirit whispered to me that life on the other side would be good, even if I couldn't even wrap my brain around what that would look like. Um, so here in 2024, I look back and everything that was promised happened. Um, God has provided me Everything that I needed to make it through, he gave me generous and supportive friends. Um, he gave me a new place to live, and I had the opportunity to start going to therapy for the first time, um, which is great. <laughs> so as I processed things with my therapist um, last year, I gave, intentionally gave myself the gift of time and gift of space. I didn't set goals or make plans for whatever was coming next. Um, I just tended to my broken places. And I apologized for any pain that I had inadvertently caused during that season. Um, and then I listened to the voice, for the voice of the Spirit, um, and God was there in all of it. Um, now, it was really easy on the dark days for me to believe that God was going to carry me, you know, into whatever's next. But part of me didn't quite believe the bit that it was going to be good. Because when you're in the thick of it, you're like, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? Um, but here I am, and I can definitely say that life is good. Um, God has surprised me in so many ways. Um, existing friendships that I had in my life, or have in my life, have grown deeper. I've met so many wonderful new people um, over the past year. Um, about six months ago, I also adopted a kitten. Um, my cat Wylan is really annoying, but he also brings me so many, so much joy and snuggles um, that I just can't imagine life without him. Um, and last summer, God also called me away from the church where I had just been like passively attending, sneaking into the service, not talking to anybody, running out. Thank you, evangelical upbringing for baggage. Um, <laughs> so called me out of that space um, into a summer of just wilderness and contemplation, kind of figuring out well, where where am I going to go next? Um, and then in the fall, God brought me here um, to Genesis, and I have felt so incredibly welcomed and so incredibly safe, and so thank you, everyone, um, for that. It's been wonderful. So 
Looking to the new year, I'm ready and I'm excited to find out what next looks like. Um, so much of the last year, my last year was defined by pain and struggle and loss and grief. And I'm ready to let that go. Um, and I'm ready to lean into a new narrative, whatever that new narrative is. Um, and after seasons of kind of looking inward, I'm ready to start looking outward. Um, now, I don't know what that's going to look like or where, where it will lead, um, but I'm very excited and hopeful that it's going to be beautiful. Um, so I'd just like to end with a prayer that I discovered early last year, and I now pray it nearly every day, and it is something that has kept me afloat and continues to keep me afloat. So um, help me to journey beyond the familiar and into the unknown. Give me the faith to leave old ways and break fresh ground with you. Christ of the mysteries, I trust you to be stronger than each storm within me. I will trust in the darkness and know that my times, even now, are in your hand. Tune my spirit to the music of heaven and somehow make my obedience count for you. Amen. Thank you, Mark and Amelia. Um, <clears throat> welcome in here, kids. We are full of so many good things today that we all just get to be together for part of it, I guess. Um, Will, would you mind holding this and handing it out if anybody wants it? So this is the little share out time that um, if any of you have a new beginning uh, taking place that you'd like to briefly share, simply put your hand up and Will will bring you the mic. Um, and you have little questions on a piece of paper. If you have something, um, or if you're virtually, you can type it into the chat. But um, is there something new that you're experiencing? What kind of invitations are you encountering? And it doesn't need to be tied up in a neat bow. Because new beginnings can feel messy and complicated at times too. And it's life-giving to share even when it's messy. Any responses within the room, adults, kids alike? And if not, it's okay, no pressure. It's just an opportunity. Oh, sorry. Um, what's something new that you're experiencing? Bob. In the sense of a new beginning, I'm... I have to say, I, I'm experiencing a stand-up. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> I, I have to be seen. All right. I can't hide from you. No. I really don't have a new beginning. I have the beginning of a, an ending. Mm. And the ending, I'm reflecting back to a cup of coffee I had with Katie Schlenk. I'm not going to know how many years ago, but I know years ago. And I was belaboring the fact that I was, uh, I had a heart for so many different causes and things that I believed were wrong in the world that I couldn't figure out how to navigate all of that. And Katie, with great wisdom, told me, Bob, you can't do everything. You are not called to do everything. You are not asked to do everything. You have to figure out each day what is yours to do and not focus on doing so much that you do so little for each of those things you want to pay attention to. And this past year, I've had some illnesses that, you know, I thought I was pretty virile and, and entering the middle of my 70s and 
and I was like a teenage boy, but uh, I've had some illnesses and some health scares, and, and I've kind of begun to realize that that's, a lot of that is related to stress. Mm. And the stress is still trying to deal with trying to be everything for everyone. So I, I need to spend more time on myself, on myself wellness, on my self-care. Mm. So it's a new beginning that's just kind of dawning on me after a year of not so pleasant stress-related health issues. Yeah. Thanks, Bob. That's what I got. Thanks, Bob. Anyone else that would like to share? Yeah? Katie, yep. I was like, who, who do I see back there? Um, so three years ago, January 6th, I was in the hospital. I had just given birth to Izzy um, the day before, and we woke up to texts about the storming of the Capitol, the insurrection. Um, and we were just like, what happened? Because um, we had been in birth land forever mm -hmm. since then. Um, and what that kicked off was an incredible amount of family conflict and stress and, and estrangement in my own family of origin. Um, I have two sisters, and it just um, blew up in a lot of different ways. Um, and we were kind of estranged from our, a piece of my family um, around politics and COVID and all of the things that I'm sure that you all have navigated as well. And so it was a super painful um, year or so of just really missing nieces and sisters and uh, what that looked like. Um, but it hit me yesterday. Um, we were all together. And somehow in the last three years, um, we've found our way back to each other. And we mm. were all hanging out without, and this has happened, but it just like hit me last year. We were all hanging out without weird tension underneath um, and without um, pain underneath. And I don't even really know how it happened. Mm. Um, as the therapist in me, I'm like, I want us to all sit down together and like <laughs> process through it. And I didn't get that. And so, which is okay because yeah. I feel like God just like was like, well, here's, here's peace and healing and we're still not on the same pages about things. So um, I think there's just a, been a new seasons of beginning for my family, my extended family that's been really beautiful and an answer to prayer after some pain. So. Katie, that is so good, and I'm sad you don't have a good uh, <clears throat> rhythm for how that worked out, because <laughs> some of us could use that in our, <laughs> in our lives, but I love that. I love that. Like make a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh, yeah, Nate. Madison oh, yeah. Sid, Maddie. Uh, she connected a lot with Amelia's story. Um, also happy to have found Genesis Church. Uh, she says, I can tell I finally have found space to discover more about God without, in the back of my mind, questioning whether my church is a harmful place for many of my friends. I feel like this is a place where I can grow and give back without burnout. So that's beautiful. Mm, I love that. Maddie, thank you so much. And it's been great getting to know you more this year. Anyone else? Yep, Enoch. Michelle's wondering what something I know, new I, I have that. to share is. 
Um, <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so um, our kids are 10, 9, 7, and 4, and yesterday the three oldest children um, sat down and played their own independent game of Settlers of Catan. Um, there were not pieces thrown, there was not board flipped, there was not, like, they played a very happy game. There's only one crying time, but in that game you steal and everyone gets yeah. stolen from. Um, but the, the new experience of the kids being able to independently do that and just growing is, I don't, <laughs> I'm seeing it every day, but like yesterday, for some reason it just like hit me that like, wow, these, like, we're helping them be people, like, which is great. And yeah, yeah, people who love Catan, which isn't, I mean, that's, that's an aside. That's but good parenting, like, good parenting. Yes, yeah. like, yeah, so. I love that. Exciting to see them grow. Enoch, I love that so much. And way to go, Finbar, Agnes, and Lorelai. Way to go. Okay, well. Rematch, I guess. Rematch. <laughs> All right, friends. Yeah. There can be some good sharing about that again over donuts because donuts are back. All right. Thank you for listening to the Genesis Church podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion. Creating opportunities for our community to respond from wherever they are in their faith formation. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary and a church calendar because they anchor us in something which can hold us no matter what life throws our way. Our goal is to become ordinary apprentices of Jesus who are learning to love God, ourselves, and others wholeheartedly. If you have any questions or would like to connect with please us, please visit genesiscove.org. Thank you.